Okay, so chapter 16, uh, we've been talking about uh, the persecution and the world hating Christians. And then we went, we went into the Holy Spirit, and uh, and I I promised to get you uh, some documents that should have been Sunday on your uh, bulletin. They should have been attached to that. If not, then you can email me um, directly, uh, and and I'll get those to you. But they should be there. They'll be in the bulletin, and I'll make sure that if we can, we can put them onto the app or to the to the um, uh, the 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 web page that we have. But we'll figure out ways to get that to you. Um, and so so we, we read about the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 16, and that's where we're jumping in for today. It says, Jesus went on to say, in a little while you will see me no more. And then after a little while you will see me. And, you know, of course, he's talking about him dying and then coming back, the resurrection, and then leaving and then returning Uh and it says in verse 17, this, some of the disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying, in a little while you will see me no more, and in a little while you will see me, because I am going to the Father. They kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. And, you know, it's, it's I, I love this whole scene because, well, first of all, we know from the last, from the earlier part of the chapter, that they were they were grieving already. They were in agony. They were like, what is happening here? Jesus is leaving us. We're, we're going to be by ourselves. And, you know, we're facing all this garbage happening in the world. And he's leaving and he's coming back. How long is he leaving for? When did he come back? They're worried about it. You know, and, and it's you can almost like kids in a in a dad or kids in a mom. You know, the, she's saying, you know, they're in the middle of a war. And she's saying, I'll be back. Stay right here. You know, and they're like, where are you going? You know, when, when are you coming back? And that's kind of the scene for them. In verse 19, Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, Are you asking one another what, what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then in a little while you'll see me? Very truly I tell you, very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but her baby is born. She forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So he tells them, "Look, you you know you're 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 anguishing, you're 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 worrying about me leaving and coming back, and and when I leave, you know you're going to go through some difficult times." And he gives the analogy of a woman giving birth that that in the birthing process is lots of pain, there's lots of struggle, but as soon as that baby comes in, there's just joy, right? And it's a great analogy because, in in a sense, what is being birthed here. Is Christianity? It is, it is the 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 fulfillment of the law, the 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 ultimate act of love, grace and mercy, the age of grace and mercy, where all people can be saved from any and every background, and it's going to be awesome. But between now and then, it's going to be agonizing. Between now and then, they're going to have to see Jesus hauled off, and chains and beaten and whipped and crucified. 
and they're going to feel lost and shame. They're going to go home in shame. They're going to go through a really rough time, and then Jesus will appear again. And it's going to be awesome, basically. That's what he's telling them. And, you know, I think that 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 view that they, you know, they hang in there because there is not just a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a great light. I think that's such an important message for us as Christians. You know, that we we go through a lot in this life. We go through a lot in this world. and But oftentimes we're not looking up at the light at the end of the tunnel. We're looking down and trying to not trip, not try, fall in a hole or something. And every once in a while, you need to, we got to stop and look and, and see Jesus again, that that he's he's coming back in victory. He's coming back riding the horse with the with his name on his side, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. And and you know that we win in the end. This is going to be great. And it's going to be a great victory and we're going to have eternity with God and heaven's going to be fantastic. So he started out talking about all this, right? Reminding them that he was building a room for them and that they would have a place so that they could be with him forever. But we we can forget that, you know, in the pains of childbirth and the pains of this life and what we go through and and we have to stop and remember what is coming and and the reward that's out ahead and that's kind of the you know remember the three things i talked about what is he saying to them what is he saying in general and what is he saying to me specifically i need to hang in there because great things are ahead wonderful things are ahead i just gotta hang in there i've got to stay faithful and he says um very truly i tell you whatever you what uh, right try to tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything. Ask and you receive, and the joy will be complete. You know that God God wants to take care of us. He wants to bless us. So it says, though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I am that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world, going back to the Father. Okay, again, he's he's tying this all up together of his relationship with the Father. He just talked to us about the advocate. In other words, we're we're all in this together. We're all connected. And he's going back to the Father. The Father is going to be very happy, and you have made the Father happy by loving His Son, by loving Jesus. You have made God happy. And you uh, you who are a disciple right now, you need to know that. God is pleased with you. God is happy about you. He's up there in heaven pulling out His wallet, showing your baby pictures, you know. He's He's, he's very proud of you, and you have loved his son. What a great thing you have done. And he says, Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things, that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. Now, remind you, he, he, they haven't asked him these questions. They're talking to themselves. He hears it. He's, it's, this is one of those Jesus moments where, you know, like when he told the, the, the Pharisees, Why are you thinking that, you know? They hadn't even said it yet, and they were, he read their minds. And I, I always call that when he cheated, you know. He, he didn't wait for them to ask. He just read their minds. Here he is doing it again. Kind of, He's knowing what they're talking about. He's knowing what they're saying to each other. And uh, 
He says, uh, and they say, now we can see that you know all things. That's why they're surprised, by the way. Because if you thought that this was all out loud, um, that they were saying, then then it wouldn't make sense, this part. But he knew what they were saying. He addressed it. This makes us believe that you came from God. They're like, okay, this is, it's obvious, Jesus, that you're, you are from God. We know that. And Jesus says, do you now believe? Jesus replied, a time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered. Okay, he goes back to the falling away theme. Each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. And, you know, this is, I'm sure this was painful for them to hear. Because they thought they were rock solid loyal to Jesus, right? And, uh, nope, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that you guys are all going to abandon him. And you're all going to turn away from him. And, you know, the, here's the thing is that that we, we all have our weaknesses. We all have our struggles. We all blow it. We all, I mean, none of us want to turn our backs on Jesus or walk away from the Lord. But we mess up. He knows that. He knows that before. He knows how we are. And and he loves us completely no matter what. I mean, he washed their feet. He it showed him, he says he showed him the full extent of his love, knowing that this is gonna happen. They're all gonna scatter and abandon him, and he's gonna be all by himself for the next few hours. But he knows that, and that's okay. That's he knows our weakness. Thank God for his mercy, his grace, and his kindness. I mean, if he can if he can forgive this, you forgive anything. What did he pray on the cross? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, that covers all of us. That applies to you too. And he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I, over, I have overcome the world. I mean, this is one of those really great scriptures to know, to have memorized, honestly. He says, I have told you these things so that you may be, so that in me you may have peace. You know, there's, there's just a lot of troubling stuff that happens. And, you know, the, here's the thing that, that I, I, um, I'm always aware, I try to be aware all the time, that there are times, there's, 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 there are many different ways you can categorize people. One of the ways is there are the deceived and there are the guilt, the guilty. The deceived tend to think that everything they do is good and fine. And, and they don't walk around feeling guilty. In fact, they don't they hate guilt. Um, they walk around feeling like they're pretty good people. Then there's the deceived, and they walk around feeling guilty all the time. And the challenge is they are both in the room listening to the sermons. And the deceived, you've got to really show them how wrong they are about being deceived and show them the truth that shows us our sin, that shows us our weakness. And in a sense, you have to prove to them that we're all guilty of sin. But you have to do it in a way that doesn't destroy all the guilty. <laughs> the guilt-minded people, they take everything straight to heart and they feel terrible about themselves. And you've got to restore and build up those people and 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 help them grab a hold of grace and mercy and, and be generous with themselves because God doesn't want them to walk around feeling guilty and terrible about themselves. He wants them to walk around feeling loved and covered by grace. And he wants the other, the deceived, to be humbled by their own sin, but also walk around love. Because the truth is, deep down inside, 
That is why they're deceived, because they're afraid of facing the truth and, and being guilty. So at the end of it, what helps all of us is knowing God's love and knowing his mercy. But sometimes I'll say something in a sermon, and I'm really aiming at knucklehead brother or sister or knucklehead myself or knucklehead Christian who who is not facing their sin. And the problem is the people that get the most cut and feel bad are the ones who are already humbled and but they're overly active, guilty conscience, they feel terrible, you know? And so it's, I, I try to always keep that balance. You see that balance in Jesus all the time. He goes from condemning sin to talking about mercy and kindness. And you see that throughout the Bible. And, and it's not always in the same spot. And so that's part of maturity is understanding that balance, that, that we have to face our sin, deal with it, be honest and upfront. But we also need to be rich in God's grace and mercy and apply that to ourselves and understand that God knows we mess up and he loves us anyways and he cares about us. And that's basically what he's, what he's saying here. And then verse 33, you know, I love uh, the last part, last line. It says, it says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's, that's an awesome statement. He's overcome the world. Just stick to Jesus. You know, sometimes the world is overwhelming. I mean, I feel it sometimes. Sometimes I watch the news and I just feel horrible. There's so much hatred. There's so much anger. There's so much everything from from just hatred, anger, racism, political prejudice, and people hurting each other, people suspicious of each other. It's just so wrong. I think of that movie in the Green Mile when the, the big guy was saying that, all the evil was like pins in his in in just poking him. And I feel that, and you feel that too sometimes, where it's just it's just overwhelming. The world is so full of evil. And and uh and and I just have to think about Jesus and being the truth and being part of the solution. And honestly, it really just makes me so grateful for the church. Uh, a group of people striving to love God, love each other, do what's right. Be honest, be humble, and and try to be a light to the world. Wow, what a great group. What a great thing to be a part of. Take heart, for Jesus has overcome the world. God bless you, and we'll pick up with chapter 17 in our next class. Thank you for joining us. I hope this has been educational and inspiring for you. If you'd like to know more, please join us by going to study.laicc.net and we'll be happy to contact you and help you in any way we can.